It's 6 Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific, coast to coast and around the world. I'm not a doctor, but I have a PhD in recognizing bullshit when I hear it. From the America Out Loud Talk Radio Studios. The American people are not feeling very loved right now, though. They're not they're not feeling heard by the Biden administration. It's time for The Truth Be Told with Booker Scott. Hypocrisy really drives me crazy. And you probably feel the same way. I mean, it, it really drives me nuts. How is it fair for someone in government to tell you to take the vaccine when they don't? Or shut down every restaurant during COVID, but Gavin Newsom of California can be seen at the French Laundry enjoying a family celebration. And by the way, Governor Murphy of New Jersey, he was guilty of the same thing. Masks, they said, were safe and effective. You have to wear one, they said. But we would see these politicians before a press conference. They wouldn't have a mask on, but as they walk to the podium, they put it on for the theater. We see it in our judicial system right now. Peter Navarro failed to appear before Congress when they sent him a subpoena. He was put in leg chains, charged, convicted, and sentenced to four months in prison. And we see that Hunter Biden gets nothing for doing the same thing. And I could go on and on, and I will for a few minutes here on The Truth Be Told. I'm Booker Scott, and this hour is brought to you by Gold Co. Thinking about diversifying your savings? Go to BookerLikesGold.com. So, hypocrisy. Does it bother you like it bothers me? Even when I look at the mess at the southern border, I think about how unfair it is and hypocritical of the current administration to let millions of these migrants from all over the world enter America. Basically, jumping in line, jumping in front of thousands and thousands of migrants that have been waiting. They've done it the right way, followed the laws. They want a better opportunity in America, just like the others, but they do it the way it's supposed to be done, while millions cut the line. I couldn't even stand cutting in line in kindergarten when I was standing in the lunch line. It isn't fair. Equal justice under the law is the very foundation of America, but we see that that's really not the case anymore. J6ers are still waiting trial, and some are still held in solitary confinement, while an illegal immigrant breaks the law in New York is released to then murder a 22-year-old nursing student in Georgia. Oh, let's talk about the hypocrisy of the climate change lords for just a few minutes. I came across this article in The Federalists, and it's what got me thinking about hypocrisy to start with. This story was written by Daniel Turner of The Federalists again, and he says under Joe Biden, The U.S. has spent more money than ever fighting the so-called climate change. If you remember the Inflation Reduction Act, it included $500 billion for the Green New Deal. Decades of unrealized doomsday predictions don't prevent more doomsday predictions. They just keep coming, one after another. Heck, just in my life, I've lived through the new ice ages coming back in the 70s, the greenhouse effect, the hole in the ozone, global warming, and now climate change. Oh, and just throw in Y2K for good measure on that. Back to Turner's article here in The Federalist. Manipulated data uncovered by leaked climate gate emails and NASA whistleblowers don't stop climate activists from pointing to their fabricated science. He says their biggest lie, they claim fossil fuels are driving climate change, so we must eliminate them. And here comes the hypocrisy. 
These people, the lords of climate change, use more fossil fuels than anyone else alive on the planet while forcing you to use none. You have to give up your gas car for an EV. Give up your gas stove. Listen to this. Last November, 80,000 people gathered at the anti-fossil fuel United Nations climate conference called COP28 all the way in Dubai. It was in Dubai for 80,000 people that traveled there. Are you telling me they couldn't use a Zoom call like they made our kids do for two years when they shut down their schools? That's 80,000 people for airfare, private jets maybe, hotels, cars, whining and dining, all in the name of reducing carbon footprint. They were there for two weeks worth of meetings and not one single panel or meeting to admit the hypocrisy of the anti-fossil fuel crowd that they complained about for two weeks in Dubai. Oh, and he goes on to say that there are dozens, if not hundreds, of these global climate conferences every year. And you can guarantee that every one of these 80,000 elites will be there, and they'll get there by jet. From the hypocrisy of the global elites eliminating fossil fuels while they use it all, to the hypocrisy of Letitia James in New York City, in the state of New York. She is the attorney general there, and we're going to get into a story now about her use of funds, specifically her campaign funds. If you remember, she ran her campaign on getting Donald Trump. That's what she was going to do when she won. And with the help of liberal leftist Judge Ingeron, she convicted Trump in a civil case in New York for a crime that had no victim. And the judge says Trump has to pay $365 million and is banished from doing any business in New York, along with Eric Trump and Donald Trump Jr. Each of them got a $4 million fine and can't do business for two years in New York. Letitia James is a George Soros plant and she has some very interesting uses for her campaign funds. And where exactly is all of that money coming from? What is she using the money for? And it's sort of like Fannie Willis in Fulton County, Georgia. The rules are for you, not for me. That's the way all these hypocrites are. Mel Witte has a political science degree and is a small business owner, but she has done some great research into Letitia James, specifically about this money. And we're going to get into it now. Mel, it's great to have you here on the program. Oh, great to be here. Thank you for having me. And so you go down this rabbit hole. And let's start first with Letitia James and her life and her life of public service. What did you find out about her? So um, Letitia James is pretty much, she is a, a lifelong public servant. She, uh, after graduating from college, she uh, became, or from law school, she became a um criminal defense attorney working with legal aid. She then was elected to the New York City Council, and then she became the New York City public advocate, which is kind of a, um, they call it a liaison between the public and the mayor's office. Uh, probably the most important aspect of that is that um, uh, if something should happen to the mayor, then the public, the New York City public advocate would become the mayor. Really? So, Mm -hmm. So she's, I mean, you know, she, she kind of worked her way up in 2018. Um, she wanted to run to be, um, governor and, um, uh, I guess she got talked out of that. So she, she decided to run, 
for attorney general. And, um, that was kind of her, her thing. You know, we all know that she announced she was going to get Trump, um, in 2018. So what I did was I just, uh, someone asked me last week for a, another podcast, if I would just kind of look into her, cause this is what I do. I, I comb through FEC records and, um, just look at disbursements, how this money is being spent, the kind of the crazy ways in which our politicians are allowed to spend this money that they raise and, um, also how they're raising it. Um, federal elections have, the cost of federal elections have doubled in just since 2018. We're spending more than ever on to get people elected. And, you know, I mean, we all know nothing, nothing is coming of that. It's nothing gets better for the regular people, but these politicians sure do, uh, their, their bank accounts get fatter. The, the perks of the job get bigger and bigger. And, and, so, and I've had I've had people on the show before that have talked about Nikki Haley continuing to run as long as she continues mm-hmm. to run and keeps putting money in there, she will be traveling on that money for a long yep. time because it's not illegal, is it? No, oh no, it's not, and that's that's the crazy thing. The first time I ever looked into anyone, I looked into Tim Scott. Um, I came across something where I, I saw where in 2022. His Democrat opponent in um, South Carolina only raised $200,000 for their election. They weren't backed by the party. It was just, you know, it was kind of pitiful. Um, Tim Scott spent $38 million on his reelection. Yeah, for a seat that pays $175,000 a year. Right. And against somebody who only had $200,000. It's not very fair, is it? No. So, So that was the first time I ever really combed through anyone's um, expenditures to see where, how could you possibly spend that much money on a single election in a perfectly safe state? And um, yeah, that's what I, what I come to find is, is that these politicians use their campaign donations to supplement these uh, millionaire lifestyles. They fly on private jets. They eat at the very best restaurants. They, um, I mean, anything you can think of, they they spend thirty thousand dollars on quote unquote campaign apparel. Um, they buy lavish gifts for their donors. It's just it's. You know, there's a, my, there's a joke about Beto O'Rourke that that's his only job. He runs for office so that he can yeah. add more money to his coffers for a couple of years, uh, so that his wife stays off his back. Um, I don't know oh, if that's I, true or not, but it could happen. Well, uh, you know, um, uh, Raphael Warnock, um, you know, he's using his campaign funds to pay for his kids' um, private school. Now, I know that that was challenged with the FEC, and I don't know if the FEC came back with something, but they've already ruled that they can use these campaign funds for babysitting. So it's only really, a, you know, just a, another step to now we're paying for $18,000 private schools for their kids. You so know? let's let's get back to Letitia James for a okay. minute about uh, okay so in 2018 she wins attorney general uh, mm-hmm. she her platform is I'm going to get Trump and so now we see what happens in this civil case in New York where he has been convicted by a liberal leftist activist judge and been banished from the state of New York. And along with that, Eric Trump and Donald Trump Jr. were both also banished for two years, both forced to pay a $4 million fine. Donald Trump will appeal that ruling, so we'll see where that goes. But now to Letitia James. She gets into office, and how does she spend her money? Let's start there. 
Let's start with how she spends it, and then later we'll get into where is the money coming from because she's continuing to get donations, isn't she? Oh, yeah. So um, uh, I, con- I downloaded her um, expenditures um, all five years from straight from the New York um, uh, campaign finance website. And what I do is I, I download it and then I sort it um, usually by year and then by the company paid and then by the um, expenditure listed. And um, hers were atrocious. The the bookkeeping is just awful. They're supposed to list like, um, you know, if, say they go to um, Sam's Club and buy a chair, you know, they'd have to list Sam's and then office supplies, right? And then, of course, the, the amount. Um, but hers... You know, she has JetBlue billed for $700, and she's got that marked as office. She's got So it took a little while to comb through all of them. But what I found is is that she's, of course, just like every other uh, politician that I've looked into, um, uses this money that she gets to supplement her lifestyle. She has spent um, over $100,000 on meals. uh, what what time most, period is that, Mel? This is 2018. This is um, she announced her uh, campaign in May of 2018, up until December 31st, 2023. Okay, so over a five-year so, period, right? About, about four and a half, years, four, yeah. four or five years, she spent a hundred thousand dollars. On food. On mm-hmm. food. Okay. And it's not just, you know, some people think, well, you know, they, she might pay for big catering events, but I didn't include those in this. This is just so regular no catering, receipts. No catering events. These it are, was these are big grand. catering. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred grand. For, for yep. things like uh, uh, Baskin Robbins and Dunkin' mm-hmm. Donuts, a hundred thousand yep, dollars worth. Yep. Starbucks, um, uh, Dave and Buster's, um, you know. Every, you know, all these fast food restaurants, um, Chipotle is on there. And then, of course, a lot of fine dining restaurants, um, you know, steakhouses where the bill was $700 um, and stuff like that. So it's a, so it's about $20,000 a year that she's yeah. using there. Um, again, and I'm not accusing her of breaking the law. Right. Because, I, don't, I don't think it is against yeah, the law. It's you know, not. And that's, that's part of what I want to get into, too, is until... Until some laws are changed to change the way dark money comes into it and PAC money Mm -hmm. and um, election reform, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with, well, there's nothing there's, against there's the law. There's something very morally wrong. Correct. With yeah. This. Yeah. That's why yeah. I stopped myself because, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's something wrong, but it's also unfair. Uh, it gives you, you talked about the race in South Carolina. I happen to love Tim Scott, but it is set up for the people that are within the establishment, not for the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy in South Carolina had $200,000 to run against 38 million. He had no chance and he, right. he might be the best person for the people, but we're never going to know that because it's set up for the people that are within the establishment. And, and that's kind of what I want to get to eventually, but I also want to stay on some of these incredible expenses that Letitia James uses from her campaign donations. What what else Correct. was there? Um, so there was uh, $16,000 worth of Ubers, a um, couple car rentals thrown in and there. And that's a over four cars. years. Four years. Mm-hmm. Do you use Uber or Lyft yourself? <laughs> well, you know, I'll, I'll give her a break because she's in New York. Yeah, and yeah, so. You know, that's, um, but it's still, it's, you know, were you really going to and from campaign events? $16,000 worth? No, and they, um, and they don't have to. And that's the point. They don't have to go. It doesn't have to be about the campaign. 
They can, right. Basically anything that they, if they can in any way, shape or form, link it towards their political ambitions, which of course, what couldn't you justify? Um, you know, she's got $85,000 worth of airfare. Um, that includes, wait a minute, say that that again, $85,000 in airfare in four years. Mm-hmm. For and she's in the state of New York. Where she, is where is she traveling to? And I and I know you can answer some of that. And we're going to have to come back and get to it in just okay. a minute. Um, and I want to be clear to everyone listening right now that uh, you know I talk about a lot of scary things that could uh, potentially affect you directly, because one way or another, whatever happens in this country, it's going to affect you or someone you know. So what you do about it. It's completely up to you. It's your business. But if you're cautious kind and you want to be prepared just in case, then here's an idea. It might make sense to diversify your money with precious metals. That's why I partnered with GoldCo because I believe this could be the best way to help you. So when you go to BookerLikesGold.com, you can get your free gold and silver kit from GoldCo. It shows you how to get into the precious metals, and it shows you how to do it tax-free and penalty-free. Even if your money's still in a retirement account like IRA or a 401k, And you may already qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. You've seen the writing on the wall. We talk about it here five days a week. Go to BookerLikesGold.com to get your free gold and silver kit. Because this is about taking back control of our privacy and our freedom. I can't predict the future, but I can prepare for it. And you can too. At the very least, you should be educated about your choices. So take action. Defend your freedom, your privacy, and your future. Go to BookerLikesGold.com to get your free 2024 gold and silver kit. Hey, Mel, do you know who Tom McDonald is, the rapper from Canada? I do. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, he's got a brand new song. What about if we listen to the chorus of his song as we go to break? Are you okay with that? Sure. They keep screaming to wake up a More Truth Be Told with Booker Scott in minutes on America Out Loud. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. Cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugar, inflammation, and weight. These are all real-world problems that 87% of Americans are struggling with. Often, there are no symptoms, but left unattended, we become inundated with one health problem after another. It's time to fight back with Heal Right. Heal Right is a bar that you eat, but it's food as medicine that addresses the nutritional root cause of health issues in just eight weeks. Developed by world-renowned scientists and backed by 15 years of research, HealRight is effective, but it's also delicious and works without additional diet or lifestyle changes. Step out of the statistics and use food as medicine. 
Visit HealRight.com slash OutLoud or AmericaOutloud.shop and use the code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Tonight at 7, it is Unleashed, the political news hour. That will be followed at 8 by the National Security Hour. And then at 9, it's After Dark with Rob and Andrew. My name is Booker Scott, and this is The Truth Be Told. Thank you so much for joining us here. And joining me is Mel Witte. You have heard part of the conversation uh, so far about Letitia's, uh, about, I called her Letitia's, uh, Letitia James <laughs> and, uh, and her expenditures. $100,000 on food at fast food, $85,000 for airfare. And this covers just about a four and a half year period. Uh, so Mel, what, what else does she spend money on crazy? Um, we've got $117,000 in hotels. Um, where, where, at- where are these hotels? <laughs> so I'm sure she's flying somewhere and then she's also using her campaign money to stay in a hotel somewhere. Is, is this any way associated with being the attorney general of New York? So she flew, um, she flies down to Puerto Rico. Apparently, um, Democrats have a, uh, quote unquote conference in Puerto Rico every year. Um, it's under the guise of, uh, uh, of, um, uh, shoot, Latino outreach, sure. which, you know, Latinx. whatever. Latinx. Right. Yeah, um, I can't stand that. So she's got three, but I know of the, obviously of the, um, of the, the conference and, but perhaps there's maybe more than one conference because she's got three separate, just in 2023, she went to Puerto Rico three separate times, stayed at three different hotels. Um, that added up to $15,000. She's, um, staying in Martha's Vineyard. Um, we've got her in, um, uh, how much, Beverly did, she, Hill. How much did she spend in, in Martha's Vineyard? Um, one hotel, it was $1,400. And then she's got this very weird charge for $4,300. Um, and it's listed to a, uh, a business called Nathan's Lux Lifestyle. What is that? Did you uh, find it? I, I found it. It's, it looks like a shell corporation. Um, the address listed, it's, it's kind of like, looks like a rundown house. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, I can't can't say either way. I know that the the um, the business was registered in April of 2023. And then she charged this, you know, forty three hundred dollars in August of 2023. So she in, in August of 2023, she spends forty three hundred dollars to the address of a rundown house that apparently is some type of shell company. Anyway, it could be Nathan Wade's pimp service. Apparently he likes them it, big. It could be anybody's, um, you know, I mean, perhaps she could have paid $4,300 to stay at this dude's house. I don't know. Have it's you ever very, done that? Have you ever? No. Paid, okay. Me either. No, it's, it's bizarre. The whole thing is bizarre. She's got, you know, um, she goes to Beverly Hills and stays, of course, at the Beverly Hills. Um, Wilshire, uh, Wilshire, right? Wilshire. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How much did she um, spend there? 
Uh, I don't actually have that, those numbers right in front of me because that was in 2022. Yeah. And I just focused on 2023 because that's, that was important to me because 2022 was an election year for her. So It's hard, I, they, hard to get through what legitimate expenses were in 22 right. compared to 23. I get that. Right. 2023 I, starting, is just wild. Right, you know? right. In 2023, there is no election. So mm-hmm. the expenditures should stand out in a, a non-election year. So I get that. And I, I'm starting to get the feeling that you and I are in the wrong business. We, we should have been in oh, politics. Oh, yes. So we and, should have been in the consulting business because she <laughs> talk about that in a non-election year. And again, she's the attorney general of a state. Yes, it's a big state, but she's still the attorney general. She spent $311,000 on, quote unquote, campaign consultants. Is that over, four, over the same period of time or is that just 23? The, that's just 2023. Just in 2023, a non-election year, she spends over $310,000 on consultants. On um, campaign consultants. Mm-hmm. And so there is no campaign, but she's spending the money as if there is. Do you know who those consultants are? Um, yeah, there's a list of, uh, it's, it's some companies, um, one is called... Uh, Shoot, I mean, it's it's a Culver Place Strategies. That's that's the big one. That's where she spends a lot of money at. Did, um, did you look into it, those at all? So the Culver Place Strategies is interesting because it does have a website. Some of the the ones that I look at, sometimes when I look at these politicians, they don't they don't have anything. They have nothing but a PO box. Uh, but this place does have a website. But the address that she lists. Um, as the business is not the one listed on their website. She also spent with um, Ann, um, it's Ann something. It's, and that's actually a pretty big consultancy firm. Um, so it's, it's legitimate. I'm not saying that there are no reasons to have a consultant in an off year for an election, but it's, but, it's odd that it's so much money. Well, so what happens with these consultants um, and, and what I've, I've found looking through others, and I'm sure that it's so Ann Lewis Strategies, which is a big time D.C. consultancy firm, is the other one that she used a lot. Not as much as the Culver Strategies, but still. So what these consultancy firms do, though, is they end up picking up a lot of the bills for them. Uh, I've looked into Republicans and sometimes when they're listing, you know, billing for $100,000 for a consultant, it'll say consultancy, travel, food, and whatnot. I've seen so, that. On, so that, that hundred grand or 300 grand or whatever, it could have been for things that the consultancy was paying for, for her. Mm-hmm. I got you. Right. Yeah. 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 Because she's also got another $21,000 just in 2023 in reimbursements to these consultancy firms as well. So she's got the 311000 in just consultancy fees and then another 21000 in quote unquote reimbursements. We have no idea what this, what they were, she was reimbursing them for. So she's up to about $335,000 in consultant fees in a non-election year in 2023. Mm-hmm. And she was at uh, what was it? A hundred, hundred grand for fast food, 85,000 for airfare. And she spent some money on trips to Hollywood and to Puerto Rico. What else stood out to you? So we had um, two different charges to this um, New York City nightclub. Um, of course, you, uh, yeah, you gotta gotta go to the club, right? This is um, 
excuse me, it was called 48 Lounge, um, which is interesting because when she, she actually built it under something else, City Nightlife styles. Um, when I looked it up, it's, it's the same address as this 48 lounge place. Um, so she had a $5,000 charge, which she, uh, allocated as office and then another $7,000 charge, which she allocated as office. And again, it's, it's a bar. It's a, it's, you know, a swanky nightclub. Yeah. It's not an office. It's not a, it's not an office chair. It's not a, a, a file mm-hmm. folder. It's a, it's a bar. It's a nightclub. And it's uh, $5,000 and no problem with that. It's coming from the campaign money. So let's get into the donors because uh, people that would give money to someone like her, they wouldn't probably not think that she's spending a hundred thousand dollars on fast food. And again, that hundred thousand dollar number, make sure that you understand that's over a four and a half year year period. That's not just 2023, but, but let's talk about the donors. What stood out to you when you went down this rabbit hole of Letitia James? Right. So if, I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners um, follow James O'Keefe, and he has done really great work on this. Um, uh, he calls it, or they call them ghost donors. So <laughs> I, I don't want to lose anybody here. But yeah. so basically what this is, is that, um, you know, uh, <laughs> campaign finance, obviously, uh, rich people, they can give as much money as they want to to super PACs that right. are able to run your all your TV ads and stuff like that. But they still have limits on what they're allowed Correct. to give directly to um, to their uh, and to, it, to, the to to a, to candidates. someone running for office. Right. And and it's not a lot of money. It, it's it's, ca- it's, it's capped at a thousand. It's it's not much money at all. Sometimes it's two hundred and fifty or three hundred dollars, and that's the most you can give to the candidate. And that that's another big problem. Because you and me can only give so much to someone, but uh, someone with a super PAC can give as much as they want to through ghost donors. Talk about so, that. Right. So, so in order to, there's a couple ways to circumvent these, these donor limits, but one way that we're seeing that's uh, getting this money directly into the pockets of these politicians, which we can see they're using to supplement their, their income and their lifestyles, is, is they are taking the information mostly of older Americans, um, usually over the age of 65. I've, I've noted some similarities. These people are over the age of 65. They have no social media presence whatsoever. Um, they own their homes, and they are registered members of the political party. This is on Republicans and Democrats. Um, and so what they do is, this, you know, say your grandma in Topeka, Kansas, she may have given to Act Blue once or twice. She might have even given a handful of times. Well, they take that that person's information, their name, their address, everything like that. And then they start putting money, uh, making donations in their name. And they're doing this, and they're always very small donations, anywhere from 50 cents, a dollar, up to sometimes $20 at the federal level. Now, uh, but they're doing it, you know, hundreds of times, sometimes thousands and thousands of times. With the same address and the same name. Same person, same address, and that's and they're running these money. I found, you know, a guy out in um, 
this guy lived in a single by trailer in the California desert. And he's supposed, you know, he's 89 and he's supposed to have made 90,000 separate donations. Wow. That's busy. How many donations yeah. have you made in your life to, <laughs> to a candidate? Probably about five. <laughs> yeah. in total. And so a guy in a trailer in a desert in California has given 90,000. Are we sure these people are alive or are these also yes, the Democrat they are voters? always alive. They are they alive. They are okay. always alive, yes. And, and something that's creepy. So when I started tracking this, it, it's actually, it's really creepy. I have found where... Um, you can tell when the person died because the they'll be giving five, six, seven, ten times a day up until the day they died, and then it cuts off immediately. Yeah, that's, so I don't that's know. crazy. Right, because you know, even if somebody were, you know, to say, well, maybe they had, you know, these all they weren't making them one by one. They had this on automatic withdrawal. Well, you think, well, they they wouldn't end the very day they died. It would still go out, you hmm. know. But that's um, very interesting. And and at that point, they become a Democrat voter when they die. Yeah, exactly. Yes. They, then, they then, know they know yes. their address. They then register the dead person to vote. They it, it <laughs> just keeps on rolling. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's a, it's a whole system they've got down. So, uh, was there any anything else on the donor side that grabbed your attention? So so what happened with Letitia James is is that. Um, in New York State, uh, they actually have pretty high um, donor limits. It's, it's kind of, in, I mean, it's like forty-seven thousand dollars per person. It's not, it's not like the federal where it's only seven thousand dollars that you're allowed to give. So, but what was interesting to me was in twenty. Um, 2018, I looked through all of her donors then. She raised $3.9 million, and she had about 2,700 donors. So, um, and almost all of them came from within the state of New York. Um, so, she had 2,900 donors, and um, 2,500 of them were in the state, and 400 um, were out. So, fast forward to 2022, she raises $3.2 million, but this time she's got 32,593 um, receipts, which every time somebody gives a, to a, um, a campaign, it's counted as a receipt. So she went from having a little less than 3,000 receipts to 32,500 receipts. There's a couple and, of different ways to read that, isn't there? I mean, one, you, you could say, well, she is now an incumbent, you know, and, and more popularity. But then how many of those were out of state? Because that's, I think, going to be the telling part. Right. So of the 32,000, 20,185 were out of state receipts. From 400? From, from 400, mm-hmm. 400 yeah. to 20,000 in, in what, two years? Was that over four a two-year year, four four period? Yeah, that's amazing. And you have to ask, who are these people and why are they so interested in the attorney general in New York when she ran on getting Donald Trump? Right. So, you know, it, it's kind of bizarre. You know, I, I'm me. I'm like, who gives to who gives to an attorney general race to begin with, even in your own state? But uh, um you know, I don't know. I don't know that many people that make those donations, yeah, but, me you know, especially in a, in a whole other state, especially when it's a safe seat, you know, she's going to win re-election. There's really no point right. in, in, you know, it's not like this was like ever going to be close. 
And uh, so I start going through and, and because I'm aware of the ghost donors and how they work, um, I, you know, that of course set alarm bells off to me. As soon as I saw that 32,000 receipts, I was like, oh, okay, I know what's going on here. So I download the data, I sort it and, uh, you know, by state and then by donors. And what do you know? We've got all over the country, we've got um, older people sending her, you know, 15, 20 time, donations, 15 or 20 different times. Um, usually these, these will come within a couple days of each other. So, so somebody, you know, some guy in California will give $5, uh, on the 28th and then he'll give another $5 on the second, and then he'll give another $10 on the, on the third or the fourth. So it's, it's clustered, but not on the same day. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Organized is what you're saying. There, there is a rhythm and an organization to it all. Right. So I think what they do is they do spurts and then they wait, obviously, in case anybody dies, yeah. then, you know, um, move, them over to making... the, move them over to the voting side. Right. Right. So so they do it in, in, you know, like little spurts like that. But of course, no normal person gives money like that because, you know, I was like, OK, well, even if we were being very charitable and we said they're giving, you know, once a pay period. But this isn't once a pay period right here. This is this is every couple of days. You know, why wouldn't you just give the whole $20 at once? Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And well, so what know, I... Go ahead. I, I, want you to, I want you to finish your thought there. Right. So so what I did was I, I took a bunch of the of the names off of her list, and I started running them through the federal um, uh, level. And, or, uh, or, excuse me, through the FEC's website. And what do you know? I'm coming back, getting, you know, some people have got 5,000 donations to their name. Other people have 10,000 or 2,000. Um, every one that I put in had at least 200. Um, but I've gotten so used to these huge numbers, I always just kind of dismiss those. And um, what I did was I, I pulled five names. And on my thread that I wrote that um, you read, I included two different women. Um, both of them are older women. One is 71, one is 65. So neither one have any social media whatsoever. Um, one of them, her name is Suzanne, and she is from um, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Yeah, I know a lot of people in South Dakota that are concerned about the attorney general race in New York. Yeah. In New York, right, yeah. right. Um, and so Miss Suzanne, at the federal level, made 3,232 donations to Act Blue in 2022. And that totaled $46,193. Nice lady, Sue. Yes, Miss Sue, was, <laughs> she is very generous. But she didn't stop there because, of course, she goes on and she gives – um, Letitia James, 25 separate donations. Um, those totaled up to, I think it was $225, I believe. But I also, Googling her name, found her on the voter or on the donor rolls in Nevada and Idaho in Virginia. She gets around, doesn't she? Oh, oh yes. Yeah. And those are just the ones that came up on when I did the Google search. I didn't go <laughs> state by state. You know, I'm sure I, I would be willing to bet I would find her on donor rolls in every single state. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yep. I found another woman. Um, her name is Barbara. She's from Maryland. Uh, you know, and I can look at these people's houses. I can see how much their house is worth. Um, which usually gives you a pretty good guess about kind of how much money they have to 
to play with um, yeah, Miss Barbara. Yeah. Right. You know, and not always. I mean, obviously, there's a possibility these people could all be millionaires. When there is this pattern developing where there's right. someone do, giving multiple donations hundreds of times in small increments, it means something, doesn't it? And, and really, the question becomes, what do we do to fix it? And I think it comes down to election reform, and we have to stop that. We are shining a light on it. And Mel, it is fantastic work. You went down the rabbit hole. You brought it to us. And for those of you listening on talk radio, you can go to AmericaOutloud.news and read the story uh, that we have put together for you here on this. Uh, Mel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Do you remember when President Biden was trying to put in weird gal Yankowicz as the person that was going to control disinformation? inside the government. You remember that? It was crazy. But they're doing it all over the world. They're doing it in places like Ireland, a lot of different places in Europe. They're actually passing this where it becomes illegal to say certain things on social media. They're making that a crime. And in some places, they're making it punishable where you could go to jail for saying the wrong thing, putting it out on social media. We've paid attention to Canada through the last few years as that tyrant to the north of us has done some crazy things. Uh, Remember the truckers and you remember the preacher in Canada that got arrested from the pulpit. Uh, That that all took place during COVID. And things haven't gotten better in Canada. We're going to check in with a friend and a fellow broadcaster, Rampart. He's coming up next. They have another crazy law that they're trying to push through in Canada. Becomes a religion Places where nothing is clear Sanity and reason just disappear There are multiple members that could yield you time I would ask that you I will have you physically removed from this meeting if you don't stop More truth in minutes on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Now, George Washington once encouraged us to animate and encourage each other and show the whole world that a free man contending for liberty on his own ground is superior to any slavish mercenary on earth. That's exactly what we do, as you'll see when you visit AmericaOutloud.news. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe. 
air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. As we get closer to the weekend, don't forget Malcolm's show comes on Sunday morning. It's called Viewpoint this Sunday. If you miss it on Sunday morning because you're going to church or maybe you just slept in, you can catch it again Sunday night at 6, right here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm Booker Scott. This is The Truth Be Told. And as we look around the world and we see some of these crazy laws that are taking place in the Western Hemisphere, let's look at Europe at some of those crazy laws. And we look to the North, our friends in Canada. And I know we have a lot of listeners in Canada because they're always curious about what's going on in America. But I think Americans should also take a look up North. We know they have a tyrannical leader in Trudeau. And a lot of the crazy things that have been happening there over the last four or five years from the truckers, uh, what else happened up there? Oh, we had that preacher that was arrested during COVID. It's just nutty, some of the things. And then I came across this, this bill that they have. It's called the Online Harms Act. And this says the government can put you under house arrest or force you to wear an ankle bracelet if someone believes, if, if someone believes you will write something hateful online in the future. Again, if someone believes in the future, you may do something, they can arrest you. And so I wanted to bring someone, a friend from up north, a fellow broadcaster who knows a lot about all of this stuff, into the conversation. I want to introduce you to Rampart. Rampart, welcome to the program. Thanks, Booker. I'm happy to be here and contribute to the knowledge in the conversation. Well, contribute to this conversation because I don't know what this is talking about. This is nuts to me. It's absolutely insane. We're dealing with something known as Bill C-63 here in Canada. As you say, it's an act to enact the Online Harms Act. Further to that, what this act does is it amends the Criminal Code of Canada, the Canadian Human Rights Act, and the Act Respecting the Mandatory Reporting of Internet Child Pornography by Persons Who Provide Internet Service and to Make Consequential and Related Amendments to Other Acts. It's a far-reaching, wide, dystopian, draconian curtain that they're laying over this. Believe you me, it is giving a lot of Canadians pause for second thought. Indeed, it is bizarre. Is it something that can pass? In this day and age, in this Canada, yes, it can, based on the coalition developed between the Liberal Party of Canada, the NDP Party of Canada, and our provincial federal party known as the Bloc Québécois. They have enough votes to push anything through the House that they so wish as a coalition government. Although it will and appears to be strongly opposed by Canada's opposition, the Canadian Conservative Party of Canada. So this going forward, I think many Canadians are starting to wake up and reach out to their respective representatives to express their dismay at such an act. And this may not necessarily make it through our Senate based on some of the draconian depths 
of the wording used in the Act, our Senate, although mostly appointed, is actually a house of some sober second thought, at least two or three days a week. And hopefully they'll give some second thought to this one. <laughs> and, and they'll probably clean it up, uh, strip some of it out, and then present it again and get it passed at some point. I read here the Liberal Party of Canada has proposed a bill that would increase the maximum penalty for online hate speech to life in prison. My mom said that sticks and stones break your bones, but words can never hurt you. But in Canada, it appears that that's not the case. It it seems like words are going to put you in prison for life. Well, they could, depending upon the intent of those words. I would like to respond to the idea of life imprisonment for hate speech. One would need to define that hate speech. And from what I can tell so far, the maximum that they're looking for would be those that incite genocide, that being the maximum um, crime available in relationship to hate speech. Simply saying, I hate my prime minister, is that truly hate speech? Really, is that a question? I hate my government. I hate my job. I hate my dog (laughs) crap in the backyard. Watch out. Watch out. Watch out. What is hate speech, right? (laughs) They're listening to you. And they've tried to, and what I've heard is they have defined hate speech as to be that which is, first off, they use this word it has to reach a level of detestation, it has to be vilifying. So vilifying, we can understand, as slanderous and defamatory statements that cause hatred. That we can almost understand. We hear vilifying speech daily on X Faces and on most other podcasts to some degree. But detestation? Well, what is it that people detest? Like, really, the word detestation is archaic when it is used in relationship to this act. They've taken this act, they've been building on it, building on it, since they got elected initially in 2016. In the 2021 election, Trudeau promised the introduction of this act, the Online Harms Act, within 100 days of being elected. It's well been over two years now, and they are now introducing it. Why was there such a great delay? Well, over the last... 24 months, we've had such a lot of developments, as you previously mentioned. We've had the trucker's convoy where thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Canadians got involved. Millions and millions of dollars were raised twice over. We've had preachers thrown in jail, dragged out of their cars in the middle of the night going to a service. The four political prisoners that were imprisoned in Coots, Alberta, in relationship to charges of um, conspiracy to commit murder, unproven, unalleg- unfounded allegations, obvious obfuscation of, of justice by our Crown attorneys. So we have that issue to deal with. So many other things came to light. And at the same time, what they looked at was how the same legislation was applicable and the results of it in Germany, Australia, other areas in Europe, And they determined that in some of those jurisdictions, they did overreach. But all they did in the Canadian version was look at amending associated acts, such as the Canadian Human Rights Act. By amending that, they were able to implement further issues within this Online Harms Act by collating it to another law. This is where it really starts to get obfuscated, where 
you need to determine whether it's going to be the service platform that provides access to that harmful content, or is it the user or the poster? And how are they going to determine that? Well, that's where Canada's Digital Safety Commission comes into play, which is another big bond Google of Canadian government. Now we've got another department. Now we've got you know another 100,000 employees to hire at six figures uh, a year. So, wow. And who are these people? How are they going to be elected? Who's going to be the adjudicators? Who's going to be the final authority or arbitrator on what hard hate speech is? Really, that's the question. And ultimately, for me, it comes down to the Supreme Court of Canada and their interpretation of our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, not the Online Harms Act. So I can see this bill being challenged. If it does receive royal assent, I can see this bill being challenged immediately in the Supreme Court of Canada. Now, as a public speaker, as a public broadcaster, you know, I'm one of the first to actually say I'm, I'm not so much a political journalist, I'm a political pundit and a commentator on the realities of the world today. And there are things in this world today that we cannot tolerate as human beings, and our government is forcing us to accept these issues and to speak out against these issues would be tantamount to hate speech, where we could be fined up to $50,000, or if you're a corporation involved in this organization of social media platforms, you could be fined at a minimum 2% of your global revenues or $25 million. There's several scales of what we up here in Canada, how are they going to enforce this? Are they going to throw you in jail? Maybe, Mm -hmm. on the severe hate speech laws but they're going to get you through the administrative monetary penalties, which is the arbitrary excise of a penalty against you that is immediately lodged against you, and now you have to pay this penalty. And Imagine that. Now, yeah, and, and we know that Canada in the past has has gotten people's bank account. Was that Canada that actually did that during the truckers, or was that uh, the Canadian banks? Because we had that in America as well, where it was American banks at the behest of the government that was looking at people's accounts. Uh, but in Canada, they literally froze accounts, didn't they? It was a weird scenario that developed during our truckers' convoy, where the weekend prior to the announcement of the Emergency Measures Act, or what is commonly referred to as the War Measures Act, the banks actually started freezing funds before the enactment of the act. And that was under the guidance of the government or the PMO, the Prime Minister's office at that time. So, yes, they will seize your assets. They will do civil forfeiture on you. This is the way of the Canadian government. And it's the way of a lot of governments right now. And it's a way that America is trying to get at. When you look at January 6 prisoners, uh, some of them still have not had trial. It's been three years and some of them are still in solitary confinement. And I know that you guys have the same thing with the truckers. There are still people in jail over that. And uh, have all of them been to trial yet? I know some have been convicted. No, not all have gone to trial. Many are awaiting trial. A lot are coming up. What I have noticed is quite a few people are attending to their trial dates and being told that the charges are being stayed. So that means the Crown is not proceeding. They're not being withdrawn. They're just being stayed, which means they've got 365 days to reenact the, the charge. So a lot of the charges are being stayed. Many of the fines that people received have been paid. Some have paid them. And now they're sitting back and they're going, now, wait a minute. 
I always find, like, to give you an example, I'm sure you've heard of our Arrive Scan scandal up here mm-hmm. with our Arrive Cam app. Sure. Something that shouldn't cost any more than $80,000. You know, somehow it came out at the initial investigation, it cost $20 million, But at the end of the day, we're finding out it's close to a quarter billion dollars for an app that uh, Canadians use. And uh, some people didn't use it and got fined $5,400 and had to pay that fine for not using an app. Yeah. Now, how's that going to play out in the courts, right? Now, again, what this really comes down to, and, and I, I pray for your political prisoners for J6, because they truly are suffering from the process of judgment against them without even their day in court, because, you know, being locked up, being in solitary confinement, being in the horrendous conditions that they're in, over what? Showing up and saying, excuse me, we don't like what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's still, the arrests are still happening. Uh, one just happened this week. I don't know if you saw that FBI raid the home with the, the mom holding a little boy outside in, in very cold temperatures. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned something in the conversation about uh, this act in Canada that they're trying to pass. Uh, that it is only for genocide that you may get life in prison. How much genocide is going on in Canada? None. Yeah. So why have a, why, 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 what's the law really for then? Uh, what's life well, in prison uh, really for? Be, well, I'm one of those guys that likes real chat, right? So I'm <laughs> going to lay it right on the table. I have been in podcast spaces. I have been in spaces on social audio platforms where I openly hear for the genocide of the Jewish state. From the river to the sea. Yeah, yeah. I hear of open, open hatred against certain sects and, and religions and uh, people, and I see that as okay. Well, you know, you're calling for genocide if you actually look at it. But then again, who listens to who listens to insane people? Yeah. Who takes them seriously? To and they have the programs and they have the plans and they have the AI and the algorithm to take care of getting this crap off the internet. Yeah. But they choose not to because there's money involved. Correct. So it's this a huge is where business. The, the one aspect of the online harms bill that's trying to target the actual exploitation, sexualization, and victimhood of children and, and women and men. I believe that that needs to be really put forward. I would like to see X completely zero out their tolerance for any pornography. And then that way, Elon doesn't have to worry about the Canadian government coming in and saying, hey, look, this is what we found. Uh, You haven't got a plan in play. You're not doing anything about this. So we're going to fine you 8% of your global revenues or $50 million, whichever is greater. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ram- How's that going to play for Elon, right? <laughs> yeah, Rampart, thank you very much for joining the conversation. Stay warm up there. I know you got a little bit more winter where you are. You bet. We don't normally see the end of winter until the beginning of April. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're hunkering down for another seven weeks, you bet, my friend. But we'll be... We'll be taking care of absorbing as much CO2 for the rest of the world as well. (laughs) Take care. Take care, Booker. Thanks so much, and uh, God bless America. That is great Canadian broadcaster from Alberta, Joe Rampart. Appreciate him being here. And also appreciate Mel Witte earlier going through that Letitia James information. Really good stuff there. Uh, Check out the article on that. Uh, Don't forget, Unleash the Political News Hour. It is coming up next. And you were told 2,000 years ago that you are the salt of the earth. And salt without flavor, it has no value. So keep being salty. There is only one truth. You've been listening to The Truth Be Told with Booker Scott on America Out Loud.